Gossip Nista here, your one and only source into the real lives of New Yorkers and what it's like to live in New York City. So is it all glitz and glamour? Where do you start? What should you know? And who am I? I'll tell you everything you need to know and you'll thank me for it. XOXO, Gossip Nista. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Gossipista podcast. I'm your host, Mariana Monks. Thanks for joining me. Today, we're talking an array of topics that pertain to New York City with entrepreneur and NYC lawyer, Hal Coopersmith. But first, in my last episode, we talked wedding planning in New York with wedding planner Ashley Perino, who shares what you can expect should you be looking to get married in the city. So if you haven't tuned in, you can listen anytime on episode 18. This week, my guest, Hal Coopersmith, comes from three generations of the Big Apple. We talk tenant laws, which anyone renting in New York City should know about, why he added entrepreneurship to his resume and the software he developed for the real estate market. Plus, we dive deep into the state of New York businesses, remote work moving forward, and so much more. Be sure to tune in, rate, and review the podcast, and follow along at Gossipnista Podcast. Here is my interview with Hal Coopersmith. Hi, Hal. How are you? I'm so happy to have you on the show today. It's great to be on the podcast, Mariana. It's my pleasure. I am so interested in learning more about you, Hal, and you know, I appreciate you being here. And the first question that I pretty much ask everyone coming on here because it's a New York podcast is, Hal, are you originally from New York? Are you a native? Well, first of all, I should say that I'm surprised that you're interested in getting to know me more, but uh, yes. I am I am a native New Yorker. I was born in Manhattan on the Upper East Side. Oh my gosh, you this I'm I'm getting goosebumps here, Hal, because love that you're born in Manhattan and I live on the Upper East Side. So, whereabouts? So, I'm in the Lenox Hill area. Yeah, I'm I'm in the Lenox Hill area too. So, we're we're very close, but we didn't know that going into Oh my gosh. Wait, so you actually, which my next question falls into, okay, so you're a native, born New Yorker. Do you currently re- reside on the Upper East Side or is, is are you somewhere else? I'm currently on the Upper East Side. Wow, we did not know this. So we're neighbors. And, and so, you know, what has your experience been like on the Upper East Side? Well, I grew up there. And so it going back to the Upper East Side, it's been a, a different experience. Some places are still around. Uh, there's a lot of change as happens with New York City. But what's nice about the Upper East Side is that there are people that, that are there that I know who I'm friendly with and my family is still there. So that's been a, a great benefit for me just to be close. And in New York City, even if you're a few blocks away, it can be a completely different neighborhood. So that's mm-hmm. been nice as well. Yeah, I, I I really feel each, you know, New York neighborhood has a different feel. And the Upper East Side definitely has its own feel. You know, while I'm there, what, what would you say the Upper East Side feel is, Hal? I would say it's very family oriented. And what's also nice is that there's a young vibe to it. There are a lot of bars on Second Avenue that appeal mm-hmm. to a younger crowd. So you get a nice mix of young energy and families. Agreed. 100% agree. So overall, aside from the Upper East Side, how has your experience been growing up in New York, being, being a native New Yorker? 
well, I don't know anything different, so I can only <laughs> speak to that it's been a, a f- phenomenal experience, and I don't know uh, what it would be like to to grow up anywhere else, and uh-huh. certainly going to different places. I just kind of I always wonder where the energy is, and it, and like any good New Yorker, I would say it's hard to envision myself living anywhere else. So you've never lived outside of New York, just for college. Okay, good to know. And then so. What essentially is it that you like about New York, Hal, and dislike about New York? I knew you were going to ask that. Um, Of course. (laughs) I think, you know, there's a lot to New York, um, but I think just the uniqueness and how you can certainly find anything that you're looking for in New York. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about culture a lot, food, um, just energy and art. And I think that that's the the best uh, part of New York. And then it's just, almost impossible to be bored in New York. And mm-hmm. so all those things uh, to do are, are, are wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of uh, the the negative side of New York, I think uh, I'd probably be with a lot of other folks that it's, uh, it's certainly a high cost environment. So you have to mm-hmm. be prepared for that. But mm-hmm. uh, in exchange, you do get a lot of wonderful things. Yes. Yes. And you did mention a lot of those on your likes. But um Given, you know, there's been a lot of change um, in the world and, and New York as, as of late, you know, do you feel all those things you mentioned, the energy, you know, the accessibility of maybe things being open and things along those lines, has it changed since COVID-19? I mean, I, I have to say that it, that it absolutely has changed mm-hmm. a lot in terms of the energy. And, and if you're there, you know, you absolutely um, have to agree with me on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think the 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 larger focus is going to be what will New York's future look like, um, mm-hmm. you know, beyond COVID nineteen. What happens in the fall and in the winter, um, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, people being able to congregate and, and how long isolation goes on, and and what happens there. And so, uh, for for us, uh, or I should say, so for so for me, you know, it, it's more just in terms of predicting what is. Uh, what what the future will will look like mm-hmm. uh, on the other side of uh, COVID nineteen? And do you have any idea on what it will look like? Well, everyone has an idea in terms of what it will look like, but I think that it'll be hard to imagine New York not returning to the way that it was. And mm-hmm. at least in my mind, uh, it, it may take a while to get there, but I just think that there's too much uh, going on, too much infrastructure, so that it it does go completely barren. I think that there's too much at stake for New York for it to to disappear. And so it'll take a lot of work. It'll take, um, you know, uh, maybe some time, but I, I, Mm -hmm. a believer in New York returning, I'm a believer in office space. And I believe that, you know, for retail and and what that environment looks like, that, Mm -hmm. that, that will, um, you know, that, that we'll figure out what to do with, uh, retail on the street. And obviously the arts and, and plays and culture, uh, that, you know, certainly has to return because I don't see it going anywhere else. Good. Great. You're, you're giving us some hope here, Hal. So that, that's good to hear, especially coming from a native. So it, like you said, it'll be a while, but you definitely see it coming back. You, I mean, you have been here through some of the most impactful times that New York has gone through, you know, um, you're hearing this all over the news uh, from 9-11 and, and, you know, Hurricane Sandy and various other things. Is, is this different? Just a little different? A lot different? 
Well, everything's different. I mean, each uh, circumstance, I think, is is unique, and each uh, impact uh, that New York has kind of dealt through has been unique. Uh, obviously, you know, no no two things are the same. Um, mm-hmm. It, I think, what will be different is how long it will take to uh, to to find a new normal, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and what, what that new normal looks like, and um, you know. Uh, I'm sure there were, you know, there were certainly a lot of naysayers through a lot of um, the impacts, particularly September 11th, Mm -hmm. and talking about how people would never go into a tall building again. But, Mm -hmm. you know, here we are. So um, I believe that people will be back in gyms and indoors and and doing all things that, um, you know, we used to do before COVID. Perfect. All right. And we'll keep it at that. In the meantime, you're on the Upper East Side. You're a native New Yorker, born in Manhattan. Do you have any plans of of, of leaving New York anytime soon? I mean, are, are you grounded here in New York? I've been outside the city for a, a fair amount of time uh, through COVID-19 because I'm a lawyer and I've been able to do my job remotely and, and fortunate mm-hmm. that that I have been able um, to, to find a place outside New York and mm-hmm. um, be able to, to go for runs and so fortunate enough to have a little bit more space and very fortunate in that regard. But I, I certainly do plan on returning. Perfect. Okay. So you're just getting some open fresh air right now. I mean, a lot of people have, have gone to outside homes outside of Manhattan temporarily during COVID. So completely understandable, but you're heading back to the city. That's great to know how. So particularly being a native, what advice would you give to someone who is new to New York City and, and more so now due to this time? Oh, I don't even know where to start on that one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, please just run off your list because we need it. I, I think I think you're asking for yourself, and I think at this point, um, <laughs> you know, really just kind of in, enjoy the city the best that you can. Um, explore all of what New York has to offer in terms of the events, culture, and obviously things have changed. Um, art, and there's just so many gems within New York City. You kind of find the best lists of food, uh, things to do. And try to check off as much of that as possible. Great, Hal. So there's something you touched upon earlier, and you you mentioned the field you're in. You're a lawyer. So what I would love to do next, Hal, is get into our second segment and and discuss a bit more about your legal background. And please uh, let us know about it and, and what it entails and the clients you serve. Who do you help? Very good question. So uh, I am a third generation attorney. I'm currently wow. practicing at the law firm of Coopersmith and Coopersmith, which was founded mm-hmm. by my grandfather during the Great Depression. So wow. there's been a Coopersmith practicing in the island of Manhattan, New York real estate law for uh, over 90 years. And, uh, you know, it's very fortunate that we have uh, a great infrastructure in place in terms of handling real estate law uh, for our firm. We mm-hmm. handle a lot of commercial leasing, so a lot of office space, mm-hmm. uh, retail space, and showroom uh, throughout New York City. So I was talking mm-hmm. about that and certainly have an inside view of that. And then mm-hmm. we do residential work as well. Those will be uh, purchases and sales of residential properties. And I think you're going to ask me about residential leasing as well, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm very excited to to talk about a new platform that we developed for that. Perfect. Yes. I love to 
know that, you know, you guys have been uh, three generations here in Manhattan. So you guys must know Manhattan inside and out. And I, you touched upon commercial real estate and residential. I, I feel, you know, maybe a lot of the listeners that listen here are, are more residential, but commercial is going to be important for everyone and for New York. So you developed a platform. Tell us about the platform that you've developed, how to, to be able to help people. Happy to do so. So uh, last year in New York State, and this is a statewide law, the legislature passed the Housing Stability and Tenant Protection Act. And what this does is it creates a lot more rights for tenants for residential leases in New York State. And mm-hmm. um, it's not to say that New York or certainly New York City was was somewhat tenant friendly. Um, this certainly shifts the balance uh, to uh, tenants a lot more, and that's mm-hmm. across uh, the entire state. And there are a lot more requirements for residential landlords that they need to follow as a result of this new law. So mm-hmm. what a landlord needs to do is that they need to send a non-renewal or rent increase notice um, if they want to increase the rent by more than 5%. And -hmm. they have to send that notice at a specified period of time, depending on Mm -hmm. how long the tenant has been in the premises. Mm -hmm. Then if the tenant is going to leave or vacate, the landlord needs to offer the tenant a walkthrough within a one-week window uh, Mm -hmm. before the end of the lease. Mm -hmm. And then the landlord needs to return the security deposit or provide an itemized list of damages within two weeks as well. And Mm. uh, we'll represent landlords and tenants on the residential side, same with the commercial side. But for our residential landlord, I saw that a lot of them wouldn't have uh, the capabilities of complying with the law, that this law was passed. There are a lot lot more aspects to the law that that what I discussed, it includes, Mm -hmm. um, you know, a credit check fee, um, you know, a, a cap on the late fee, um, mm. and you know what landlords can and, and can't do. And mm-hmm. but can I stop you there, Hal? Sure. Thank you. You said uh, a, a fee uh, for ap- applications, and and then a cap on on late fees. Do you, do you mind sharing those? Sure. So a, a landlord can't charge more than twenty dollars for a credit check fee. Uh, if mm-hmm. you're renting in a condo or a co-op, the condo or co-op can charge. Uh, higher fees, but Mm. uh, a landlord themselves can't charge more than $20. And then if you pay your rent late, the late fee is capped at $50, regardless of uh, how much rent you pay. So Mm -hmm. uh, if you pay thousands of dollars in rent, uh, the late fee is $50. Uh, If it's uh, a lesser amount, um, the the late fee is capped at a certain percentage uh, as well. Perfect. And that goes for apartments and condo co-ops because I know there's a difference. In, yes. You know. So so the late fee is capped at $50 uh, regardless of um, if it's a condo or a co-op. The application mm-hmm. fee, uh, a condo or co-op can charge um, processing fees that are different than what a landlord uh, can charge at, at this point. Right. Okay. Thank you for letting us know that. Apologies on the interruption. So you were saying you developed something to essentially be able to help the landlords streamline, you know, being aware of these processes. Please continue. Yes. So, uh, I, you know, I saw that our landlords uh, wouldn't be able to uh, comply with the law, that they mm-hmm. didn't necessarily have that infrastructure in place and that there wasn't 
software necessarily to do so, uh, particularly for, for smaller landlords. Mm -hmm. And so what I developed was a platform called Rescue, that's R-E-Z-C-U-E, to help uh, landlords, managing agents, and residential real estate brokers comply with the law. Mm -hmm. And for landlords, it lets them know about all the deadlines uh, and what's coming up without having to to consult a lawyer mm-hmm. uh, without, um, you know, trying to figure out what the changes to the law are. Mm-hmm. And so uh, ResQ sends out a sequence of email and text messages advising of, of all the obligations. And the email provides detailed instructions. The text message uh, certainly just reminds the landlord, hey, check your email because we all get all sorts of uh, email mm-hmm emails these days and the text message is a, a bit of redundancy. Mm-hmm. And for managing agents and brokers, the software is wonderful because it can really strengthen the relationship with the landlord. Mm. If you're a managing agent, you can have rescue send out copies to the landlord uh, who may not be attentive so they know what's going on. And the managing agent and landlord can coordinate a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Same for brokers too. Mm-hmm. Uh, able to get these important team members on board mm-hmm. uh, in terms of figuring out what you want to do with the tenant. Uh, how are you, are you going to sell the apartment, the, mm-hmm. the building? Uh, what's the market like? And so just having everyone on board all at once um, you know, was, was what I thought uh, Rescue could solve. Mm-hmm. It took, it took uh, a, a lot of work to, to complete to, that. I'm sure. But but the hard work is, in terms of what I found is not developing the software. It's mm. getting people to actually use it. So that's mm. been the phase mm-hmm. that, that I'm on and the journey for, for the platform as well. Oh, my gosh. You, just, you shared so much great information, Hal. Thank you so much. So on top of being a lawyer, you're an entrepreneur. You've developed this great platform that sounds like it's vital to landlords to really have. And it streamlines everything that's going to help them in the long run you know, uh, comply with the law and and not get in any trouble. I love that. It seems like this platform just keeps you up to date on everything and you wouldn't really need any uh, outside, um, anything else when you have this platform. Is that about right? Well, there are different ways in terms of generating a lease and uh, managing your rent roll and uh, a lot of different landlord software out there, Mm -hmm. at least in terms of complying with the law and not having to necessarily consult a lawyer Mm -hmm. right away or monitor changes to the Mm law. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that there's anything out there beyond rescue that's catered to uh, smaller landlords, individual landlords, uh, brokers, and managing agents. Mm, Okay. Perfect. And so you mentioned it's it's a little hard right now, you know, it wasn't developing the platform, but it's more so getting people to use the platform. And obviously, we're going through a time in, 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 in New York where, you know, vacancies are really high. And um, there's probably a lot of stressors on landlords right now. So do you think that has to do with um, having to implement your product right now? Or, or what do you think has been the difficulty there? That's a good question. I'm still trying to figure that out day by day. Mm-hmm. And I've had some wonderful conversations with landlords and brokers and they, they see the value. I don't want to necessarily be too hard on myself mm-hmm. and, and say Please that, you know, it, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, uh, that it's been extremely difficult. Um, but people have, have signed on. Um, I just, you know, at least in terms of the, the difference between people who are interested mm-hmm. and people who do actually sign up, uh, I've put in a lot of energy into speaking to uh, people and then trying to get them 
uh, to sign up, uh, seeing that that difference is is more what I'm talking about. Okay. So just to define the product a bit more. So is it a SaaS based product? Um, you know, where it, it's, it's like monthly thing? Um, or is it just like an installation that then you have access to? And is it web based uh, platform or also uh, app based? It's a very good question. So right now it's all web-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone can sign up at rescueme.com. Again, that's R-E-Z-C-U-E-M-E.com mm-hmm. and just enter in some simple lease information and contact information, email and cell phone, and uh, Rescue takes takes care of the rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of figuring out where to go from there, I think there's a lot of possibilities that, that I am excited about mm-hmm. um, in terms of, um, you know, what, what can be done once that information is on board and maybe integrating with uh, additional tenant management software that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, all it is is, is web-based. Okay, perfect. And I love the name of it, Rescue, Rescue, and you're literally going to the rescue for these landlords. So definitely something that I think landlords should check out. And I love the insight you gave us in regards to tenants is there any question or anything more that you would love to share with us in regards to rescue? I think uh, all I would love to share about rescue is the is rescue itself. So encourage uh, anyone who's rented out uh, property, who's a real estate broker, um, who's a managing agent, um, knows someone who has residential property in New York State to start using the software. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this, if you know Mariana or if you don't, uh, feel free to reach out to me directly um, and mention this podcast and uh, certainly able to work something out just by mentioning this podcast. Oh, wow. Well, thank you. There you go, guys. Reach out, okay? Be sure to reach out in general. I love the product you've created and I'm sure it's going to be thriving in no time. So love that you're an entrepreneur and in law, Hal. Um, on that sense, you know what inspired you to um, develop this app? And on top of that, you're also a podcaster. I am a podcaster as well, a fellow podcaster. Um, So what inspired me um, to to develop Rescue Mm -hmm. um, was just reading the law, seeing how hard it was going to be for people to comply with the law and seeing that in my own practice Mm -hmm. and just realizing that it was a problem and a problem that that needed to be solved. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, uh, being crazy enough to to try to do something about that, which I think any entrepreneur is crazy enough uh, to to try to do. Of course. Uh, And then you also asked me about my podcast. Uh, I started the New York Launchpod more than five years ago at this point. Mm -hmm. And um, there's certainly a lot of podcasts and a lot of growth in, in podcasting. But when I was in law school, I bought a new computer mm-hmm. and that computer came with an iPod touch, which mm-hmm. uh, was, it was an iPod of the past. Mm-hmm. And I worked at our college radio station, oh, nice. but I was in the news department, mm-hmm. um, not in the music department. And so when I discovered the podcast app on the iPod touch, mm-hmm. that's when I really fell in love with podcasts and the value that they could provide. Mm-hmm. And then with my radio background, uh, just realizing you know, that I could even do a podcast myself mm-hmm. and learned about doing that. And, and so, uh, I, I wanted to create a podcast, uh, about New York businesses. Amazing. So tell us about the, the plot of the podcast. So it entails, um, talking to New York businesses. Yes, exactly. So I, uh, 
it's called the New York Launch Pod. Mm-hmm. I talk to startups, uh, new businesses, openings. So that's kind of a, a broad uh, brush for just having a New York based uh, community and mm-hmm. audience for what's happening in New York, mm-hmm. and uh, and just talk about uh, you know what their business is, how they wanted to start their business, what motivated them, their challenges, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know what is. Uh, what it's like doing business in New York mm-hmm. and with the benefits and the drawbacks and some of the things that, that we talked about here on the personal side, mm-hmm. but on the, the business side. Oh, wow. I love that. And guys, I um, actually, I, I'm learned of how through his podcast. I love his podcast. Definitely recommend it. Uh, anything coming from Hal here at this point. So please be sure to tune into the New York launch pod and um, how, you know, so uh, you're a lawyer, you're an entrepreneur and you're a podcaster. What inspired you to, to, to do all this? Is, is there any type of books, podcasts that you listen to people? Uh, a lack of sleep is what inspired <laughs> me to, to, to do all of this. Um, <laughs> It, it I don't know. It's just kind of something that that's inside um, that that I wanted to to do. Uh, I think the the journey of entrepreneurship is is certainly a tricky one, and any entrepreneur will will tell you that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there there are certainly benefits and and drawbacks, but I think overall the the good outweighs the negative. And um, you know, even through through everything, that that's just kind of what you have to to realize, um, because if you are, um, you know, an entrepreneur and do, and are controlling your own destiny, as opposed to someone else, uh, having a say in it, um, there's, there's no better thing, uh, in terms of motivation, what to listen to, uh, books, all, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. You know, I've certainly had a a long journey, um, in that, and I'm always trying to consume, Mm -hmm. uh, different, different, uh, items, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, read books about law practice, mm-hmm. um, and you know, listen to items about um, being a a lawyer and having our, our own law firm. Um, and thinking back to when I was listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. um, there weren't that many options out there, mm-hmm. and everything that I was listening to did inspire me one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And just listening to uh, the way. Uh, the, the host uh, did different things. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly inspired me. So what is what does that mean? Uh, I was listening to a fantasy football podcast. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Bill Simmons. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Planet Money. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a lot of NPR and hearing those interviews, hearing how all those people were having fun in terms of what they were doing, mm-hmm. being educational. Uh, way back when that that inspired me and tried to incorporate different aspects into my own podcast. Now, there are so many wonderful podcasts out there that you can find inspiration in a whole lot of uh, different podcasts. Gossip Mista here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I wanted to hop in here to ask that if you haven't yet, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen. This will help me reach more people and spread the word about New York City and those who love it. And if you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow at Gossip Nista Podcast on Instagram. Now, back to the show. Now you have a wealth of knowledge and I really want to dive into that. 
So in our third segment, I'd love to be able to ask some tips for the audience in regards to uh, your background. And the first one being, you know, what are some new laws that tenants should know about? I know you mentioned them earlier, maybe being able to repeat those or any additional things. So on the tenant side, I think it's it's very important to know and understand the Housing Stability and Tenant Protection Act. Uh, you know, we talked about it from the obligations of the landlord side, but it certainly is designed to protect mm-hmm. the tenants. Uh, understanding the um, cap on late fees, on the credit check, and then the return of the security deposit. I think that that actually, you know, uh, it's certainly burdensome or creates additional compliance obligations for mm-hmm. the landlord. But uh, on the tenant side, it, it's certainly tenant friendly. And I think back to my mm-hmm. own experience as a tenant, I had a landlord who uh, I actually asked for a walkthrough before this law, and this was years ago. Uh, they said that the apartment was clean and uh, everything was all set. And then they uh, deducted some money from my security deposit and and said, you know, the way that you left the apartment wasn't wasn't in the right condition. And I wanted to fight with mm-hmm. them on, on that, but it didn't make sense uh, to do that for, for mm-hmm. that sum of money, uh, to go through the court, to go through all the trouble. And so, uh, you know, that aspect of the law and the return of the security deposit for tenants, I think is, is very important because even as we were developing the software, uh, one of the developers mm-hmm. I was working with, his brother was in New York and actually didn't get the return of his security deposit while we were developing mm-hmm. the software to help landlords comply mm-hmm. with that obligation. So it just goes to show that that's still out wow. there. Wow. Okay. Is there any reason a landlord should not return a deposit to uh, a tenant, right? Uh, especially in, in today, nowadays, uh, some people can't pay their rent and, and maybe they're leaving uh, some people, you know, and they had a deposit. You're obviously not going to get it then. Would that be the case? And just things along those lines. That's a that's a good question. So the security deposit is used to secure the payment of rent and performance under the lease. So if you haven't uh, paid your rent, that's a, certainly a good reason for um, not receiving the return of the security mm-hmm. deposit. If there's damage to mm-hmm. the apartment or to the premises, um, certainly that's that's another reason why you wouldn't receive the return of your mm-hmm. security deposit but um you know or if there's been you know um violations or you've you've done something improper in the apartment there there are a lot of reasons why the security deposit wouldn't be returned but if you've been a good tenant and you've returned the apartment or the house into mm-hmm. the condition that you originally got it um at, you know the the law is uh, absent reasonable wear and tear because you are mm-hmm. actually living and using mm-hmm. the apartment, then you should receive the return of your security. But breaking deposit. a lease before the term is not going to get your deposit back whatsoever. That's a very good question, Mariana. So if you do break the lease, one of the aspects of the law is that there's an obligation for the landlord to mitigate their damages. And mitigate damages means try to um, prevent the loss of of the lease. So let's say, you know, for example, your rent was a thousand dollars a month um, and you break your lease, then the landlord has to try to find someone uh, that would pay a thousand dollars a month. And uh, let's say they find a tenant that pays less, then the damages would be the difference between one thousand dollars a month and maybe a tenant who rents for nine hundred dollars a month. But there's certainly an obligation now 
for a landlord to try to mitigate mm-hmm. their damages. And that's why you're seeing uh, a lot of settlements in terms of lease breaks uh, as a result of that aspect of the law. Mm, okay. So to get it straight, you um, unless the landlord finds a new tenant to replace you at the same value that you were in, you're, you most likely won't get your deposit back. At the same value or maybe a little bit less, uh, but in terms of calculating what those damages are, and that would come from the security deposit. But uh, that's why it's you know, the advice that we give, uh, whether you're a landlord or a tenant um, and there's going to be a lease break, you want to come to some form of settlement mm. uh, in terms of lease break overall before it does get messy and do have to go through all those calculations because it does get messy pretty quickly. Perfect. Good advice. Great. Thank you for answering that, Hal. Um, anything else you'd like to touch upon in regards to uh, tenant laws or, or uh, landlord laws before I ask the next question? Mariana, there's a lot we could talk about, but I think it may be best if we moved on to the next question. Great. So there's been a lot of changes in New York, right? Uh, due to people working remotely, uh, office buildings not being as uh, full as they used to be, a lot more vacant. Uh, can, can you give us some insight as to how it's out there in New York and, and your perspective on on it it being good or bad? Well, uh, th- that's a loaded question. I, <laughs> I, I certainly think that it's, it's not the way that it was. And the real estate industry through, through COVID-19 and particularly commercial real estate is mm-hmm. hurting. And that's um, all throughout the, the news. And you are having a lot more unoccupied office space, whether it's um, just a fraction of the, the um, employees uh, of the tenant working there or um, just being completely vacant and everyone being remote. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at least in terms of what I've seen and, and talked to our clients and, mm-hmm. and uh, been on Zoom panels about that working from home is working, but uh, there's a certain contingent that would prefer to be in the office mm-hmm. and that um, entirely remote probably won't work, uh, but mm-hmm. people are seeing the value of being able to work remotely to not have to commute. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I kind of t- uh, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but uh, I do believe that offices will uh, become occupied again. Mm-hmm. Certainly believe in offices and the collaboration that can come with an office. Uh, and you know, retail is certainly hurting when there's less density. And uh, people are online shopping and trying to reposition what retail is and, and what it means. And so uh, I think that, that right now, at least in terms of real estate, it's a lot about surviving through current conditions and then figuring out what uh, the future looks like for, uh, you know, if you're a tenant, your, your tenant's business, and if you're a landlord, what sort of tenant you want to attract to your property. Right. Yep. Very much so. And thanks for sharing that. That's good to know. So uh, almost like a 50-50 uh, remote versus back in office, or, or we don't know that yet. But what you're saying is that it's not going to, you know, going to be 100% remote. I, I can't see a future where everyone is 100% remote and working at home. Mm-hmm. I think that it is mm-hmm. possible. And we have figured out ways to collaborate remotely, which is wonderful and certainly flattened. Um, the ability for people to to be in different parts of the country or the world and and work together, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I do believe in offices. I, I do believe in collaboration and uh, maybe there'll be uh, fewer commutes for me or, um, mm-hmm. you know, for, for other folks and, and maybe are more open to, to virtual meetings as well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's a, I read, a, I try to keep up with the New York news as often as possible, as I'm sure a lot of people do and you do, um, you know, there, there's talks that, um, you know, the, the prices in New York, the, the value of New York, they may, you know, have to lower because of, of COVID. So do you see commercial buildings being a, a better value in the near future, not as expensive uh, as well as residential? It's a good question. Certainly rents are dropping. Uh, at least mm-hmm. in the short term, and the value of a property is based off of what rent can be commanded. So uh, it's you know in, at least in the short term, you know rent rents are dropping both on residential and commercial, and commercial obviously mm-hmm. office and retail. And there's a lot of subleased inventory that's out mm-hmm. there, but it's figuring out what the value is, and you know what if you're in New York, why you're in New York, and and what that means, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, part of part part of the demand uh in terms yeah. of figuring out real estate because the supply is there in regards to the supply you know there's a lot of vacancies whether it be business or, or offices and things along those lines you you do have uh, a new york launch pod in regards to businesses and startups do do you find this a good time and opportunity for businesses to potentially have a brick and mortar uh business in new york if someone wants to open a brick and mortar business, now is certainly the time. And if you want to, if you ever thought about a retail store um, or a retail presence, now now is certainly the the time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a function of figuring out um, what neighborhood and who's in the neighborhood and, and why they're there and what uh, purpose that that brick and mortar location would solve. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and and obviously. Um, having a prediction in terms of when uh, people return to New York and when density will return. So, uh, so that's that's a, a a big part of of the business. But uh, there there is certainly a, a wonderful opportunity. And if you uh, do have the wherewithal and are excited to uh, be in New York, there, there's certainly a wonderful opportunity. I love it. I love that you're saying there's opportunity and that now is a good time. Yes, we we need to bring the city back to where it used to be. So, I mean, there's a lot of availability, whether it be, uh, you know, rent, residential, you know, offices, office space and brick and mortars. So is there anything how that maybe I may have missed or that you'd like to touch upon in regards to, you know, your New York story, uh, your career path and rescue, as well as any tips for the audience? You certainly can't cover it all, but I think we we covered a lot, and uh, I think it's a wonderful note to to end things on. So, Hal, yes, you're 100 percent right. We can't cover it all, but you've done so amazing answering all these questions and giving us your expertise insight. So glad to have heard your New York story, learned about Rescue, and your New York Launch Pod podcast. Thank you for your time, Hal. It's been a pleasure. We will talk soon. Mariana, this has been wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Gossip Mista. Your support means the world. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Can't wait till next week's episode? Follow along on Instagram at Gossip Mista to get my latest New York happenings. But if you live and breathe New York City like I do and want even more, 
Go to our website at gossipnista.com, explore, and subscribe to our newsletter to get insider tips first. Lastly, if you have any questions and or scoop on the city, you can email me at gossipnista at gmail.com. Until next time, you know you love me. XOXO, Gossip Nista.